It is the RTT. Welcome to Rogue Table Talks, episode 41. We just had this conversation. It's 41, right? It is episode 41. Episode 41. Season 2. Season 2, episode (laughs) 6. Episode 6. And we probably just pick which way we're going to do it. Episode 41. 41. That's how it shows up in the player. That's right. Right. Still in margin. Last week on margin. Yeah. After this, you do not need any more margin. Right. Consider yourself marginalized. Yes. (laughs) Right. Right. Not margarine, which people don't even remember what that is anymore. <laughs> Plastic. <laughs> it used to be the healthy alternative right. to butter. It's funny how we realized. Change. Oh, wait, that's plastic. <laughs> Margin, formerly the healthy alternative to butter. Not margarine. Mar- mar- sorry, margarine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, we're derailed. All right, get us back. All right. I was tempted. I was tempted at the beginning of the podcast to get off the rail, and that's what we're going to talk about. Margin and temptation. Ooh. So let's talk about temptation to start with. All right. Um, what is it, really? And how do we think about it? And what do we do with it? And those are a lot of... That's just a that's, general field to run that's in. That's going to set us up for the whole yeah. thing. Let's go. Uh, well, we were just talking about this. And I, I want to th- say something about uh, James, yeah. book of James, mm-hmm. that temptation isn't out there mm-hmm. it's in here right don't blame god yeah don't blame right well and it's it's even like oh well i was tempted because of that right like okay well, but that's partially true right. right you were tempted by your own heart yeah and that's what led you astray yes right and so that that is that is part of temptation is it's going on inside of me and it's um at least in my view of sin, I think probably your view of sin, a, a, uh, or my view of what holiness really is or what Christ-likeness really is, which is some level that we're never going to reach while we're alive, we're always sort of in the realm of uh, falling short, temptation, and sin. And I think one of the things that's w- weird about the word temptation in our culture is it tends to and not just in the church, but in the wider culture, mm-hmm. temptation tends to mean sexual temptation. Right. Where it, that's not what, in the Bible, it doesn't necessarily mean sexual temptation at all. It just means any any temptation to sin. Yeah. Right? So why do you think that, I mean, why do you think that's where we go? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I grew up in the church and just being around, and when temptation was talked about, it was almost always sexual temptation. Because we don't want to say sexual temptation? I guess so. Is that why? We don't want to say sex in sex, church. So we don't want to say, you know, the so S word temptation. It right? becomes the catch-all yeah. for... Yeah, and so I think part of that, yeah, like you got Temptation Island. Yeah. And you're right. I think just even in mo- cultural, in movies and in other places, it's like, oh, the temptation. And it comes down yeah. to, right. you know, some type of sexual, you know, right. sin. So Temptation Island isn't where everyone's like gossiping or prideful. <laughs> that's not, that's a different island. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, it might have all, all that on there, all but that's there not too. really considered uh, the temptation. Yeah, beautiful young bodies and pride and, and gossip, gossip and yeah, pride. Okay. No, I think that's, that, that's a good point. I think in the culture and, and I could just, let's just speak to church culture because perhaps we have elevated the emphasis of purity in what happens on the cross, which mm-hmm. is true. Jesus cleanses us mm-hmm. from impurity, but that's not 
the only metaphor, the only thing going on on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we've elevated that. And so one of the things that temptation gets focused on or relegated to is sexual temptation because it is one of the things that's talked about that makes us impure. Yeah. But all sin right. makes us impure. Yeah. And right. so like you said, it was jokingly, but yeah, gossip makes us, it's sin. So it there's a level of impurity there. Right. Right? That We've we transgressed had, a boundary. Yeah, that we have become so uh, accustomed to that we des- don't even necessarily feel temptation. Yeah. Where I do think, if sexual temptation, I think people sense a feeling of, I'm attracted to this person, I shouldn't be. Sure. Or whatever. Um, so that being the case, I do think there's there's like, a as many things, there's overreactions on both sides, and we tend to overreact one way or the other or both ways so that we, you know, we make temptation this one thing, which is not... Um, and then maybe create a bunch of rules around that thing. Yeah. Or we just say, you know what? I'm fallen. I'm not in heaven yet. It doesn't matter. Right. Right. Yeah, there's the... There's grace for me. Right. Right. Which I think theologically you have the antinomianist, mm-hmm. like that anti-law, anti-law, like nothing. Right. I'm under it's grace. Fine. Yeah. I've, I don't really have responsibility in this. Right. Or you have the legalist, right. which is an overemphasis on I have to be morally perfect, yeah. right. which you right. can't do. Right. So when I think of temptation too, do you think about this? Like this is old school language, I think, but sins of commission, commission. and sins of right. omission. Right. So I don't know if we often even think about sins of omission in temptation. Like I'm tempted not to pray. Yeah. I'm tempted not to have faith. Like I should probably right. show compassion here, right. but I'm tempted yeah. not to, right. or to, to withhold love yes. or to so be So in omission. a way, it's how all legalism works by making it this hard and fast thing, it actually constricts it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Right? And it's really, hey, temptation's way bigger than we're actually, uh, you know, but... And so that's... So I do think it's good to talk about margin around, like, what can I do to guard my... What are some things I can do? Yeah, Proverbially, sort of, this is a wise thing to do to guard against things that cause me to sin or fall me, you know, that draw me in my heart into, into sin. And, you know, there are things like, and I think, you know, men's groups and so on I've talked about, you know, uh, if you're traveling and you want, you know, some guys take the, you know, ask the TV to be removed from the room or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that stuff like that, that's probably, that's fine. If that's yeah. a good thing for you to do, then that's, that's a, that's a good thing to, for you to do. And because I do feel like, I do feel like there's this sense with temptation and sin where we're like, I think, I think Chris Bant said this in the, I can't remember. Um, I'll give credit to Chris uh, in the teaching team meeting yesterday. He's talking about, you know, in the horror movie where the people keep doing the stupid things. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you're like, well, don't go back into the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we tell ourselves, like, we are the people in the horror movie. Yeah. No, it'll be fine this time. I'll go back in the house. Yeah, or I, I, I'll be. I can stand it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's. Good. I can beat it. Right. I can win right. against the monster this time right. or whatever. And you know that might be true, but why are you going back in the house? Right. Like what? What is that? You know, are you just are you being honest with yourself? Where? Because here's the thing about temptation that I, you know, I have to sort of wrestle with is it's attractive. Mm-hmm. I mean. We like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not tempted to have too much kale. 
right? What? <laughs> Not. I don't know what the like salted. It's and... fine. You know what? It's fine. I have some kale. <laughs> My point stands. I'm not tempted to have... I, I want a third helping of kale. That's not... like who, I don't know who does that. Oh, but. I just feel so guilty I indulged in kale. <laughs> Listen, I got right. I'm really depressed. I really fell to the kale monster. But, you know, so that's the thing is the temptation is the thing that it holds your attention. It holds your desire. Yeah. And it's that's where... Yes, that's kind of where the the overt sexual temptation fits into that motif. But I think... We like to hold the grudge. Yeah. We like to not forgive the person. Well, that's what I think. Can we say you have to be really in tune with you and your temptations? Yes. Because like, some people are listening, they're like, okay, well, I, sexual temptation, yeah, that can be a thing. But for me, I have this. Like, I, I love to just, you know go home from work and talk about all my coworkers. Yeah. Like I love right. it. Like, or right. I love to get, right. the, get lunch with this and talk about all the juicy stuff. Or like you said, no, I actually kind of like putting the edge of bitterness up. Right. It makes me feel good. And I think that's to that extent. Okay. What are some things that, okay, this is something that I keep doing. This is some a way in which I'm drawn into sin repeatedly. What is some sort of wise guideline mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't think spending an hour a day reading politically-themed posts on social media is good for my heart. Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't do that. And I shouldn't be surprised when I'm outraged, embittered, whatever, and then I find I've done, you know, I'm doing that same thing. I'm like, why am I doing this again? Uh, Or I don't, you know, think... um, uh, Put, I get together with this person, and part of the draw of talking with this person, maybe it's a coworker, is they sort of have the juicy gossip, mm-hmm. right? And it, you know, can I be can I be honest with myself and saying, you know what, that's why I like to talk to this person, right? Right. <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, and what do then I do? Like, how do? What are some wise guidelines to put into place? Um, and I think that's good to think about. And I so think the it's, idea it's, it's a way of being honest about what's going on in my heart, really. So, you know, we were we were going for a walk in our subdivision the other day, and there's a little pond, and it was iced over, but it wasn't thick enough. And so we had the dog, and I had two kids, and they were we got down close to the pond, and the kids were really concerned that the dog not get mm-hmm. on the ice mm-hmm. to fall in. And so I think part of what we're saying is they're there needs to be some sense of healthy margin between the space of, okay, I know that's me falling into things I don't really want to do. So what are, is there any fences I can help put up to say, you know what? I don't have to get up close to the edge. I don't mm-hmm. know. Cause I'll probably fall right. in. Right. So I can, I, what's, what keeps me 10 feet away? Right. What keeps me five feet away? Like, what is it that's something that puts margin yes. between me and the temptation? Yeah. And I think part of that might be, recognizing the truth that part of me wants to get up to the edge for whatever reason. Right. Or I want to jump in. Like if I'm being honest. Yeah, I want to be honest. Um, And so I think that's good and wise. I do think we want to overplay that or put too much, like that's what I need to do as has some good guidelines and basically set rules for myself. So I'm making sure I don't sin. Yeah. Which if you, if if you put it in that sense, that's that is what the Pharisees 
did, right? It was, right. I'm going to create a bunch of rules that are even stricter than the real rules hmm. to make sure, like, I'm not going to get up to the edge of the water. And so what I'm going to say is my rule is I have to stay on the sidewalk mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and then and then getting off the sidewalk becomes a, the new sin. That's and good. Just so your temptation, your boundary is not really a helpful boundary anymore. Right. It becomes the standard. It becomes the new standard, and then I'm tempted to break that standard. And so, in other words, behavior modification isn't a bad thing. You know, some people go into behavior modification therapy, and all, but this is not. It's not spiritual transformation. Those right. are two different things. Right. Um, Paul writes in Colossians 2, uh, and he's writing to a church that, after responding to the gospel, as, as happened in a couple of places, other people came around and kind of tried to change it, change the gospel message here and there, adding rules or, you know, what you really... Also, yes, you need to do, you know, gospel, but you also need to do this or not do that or whatever. And he writes, starting in verse 20, Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Yeah. So that's pretty, in a way, it's like, okay, what is he saying? So we created a new rule. Instead of don't, you know, don't go to the water's edge, don't go within 10 feet of the water's edge, don't leave the sidewalk. Don't think about water. Don't think about water. Right, it's here's just, the new rule. At some point, I want to make double sure that that sin of going that that doesn't happen mm -hmm. so i create five new sins first of all mm -hmm. uh potentially because i'm going to feel guilty about getting off the sidewalk or whatever um it, you know in this in this weird example we've made stumble <laughs> yeah upon this is now planning. the new yes. lens um, we're talking through and it said you know such reg it's appealing to us it feels safe such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, false humility, harsh treatment of the body. And so that self-imposed worship is, you know, false humility, you're setting up something else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I'm not really humble. You know, true humility is, I gotta deal with, why in my heart do I wanna go out on the ice? Mm -hmm. That's real. And, and when I, as soon as I make it about distance from the water and leaving the sidewalk, I, it's not really true humility anymore. Why do you think it's appealing? Is that like, this is this appearance of wisdom, like setting up our own boundaries, but setting them up as the new standard and then meeting that standard. Right. Why, like what, what does appeal to us in that? I think partly if, so the alternative to doing that so what 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 we're saying when we're doing that is that it, that it does have value in restraining sensual indulgence. That's what we're saying. That yeah. if I do these things, I won't s submit to that mm -hmm. indulgence. I won't fall prey to that temptation. So it works, and that then it's safe, mm -hmm. and it's doable, and that so it's manageable. So I'm really managing the situation in such a way that 
if I follow these rules, I won't, I won't sin, which is just not how sin works. Um, cause it's in the, as you said, it's not out there. We started with that in James, it's in, it's in my heart. Mm -hmm. And that if I'm really honest about sin in my heart, I have to admit I need help. Yeah. Like I can't, it's unmanageable. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, you know, set up wise guidelines, do all that stuff. That's all good to do. But the core problem is in your heart. Yeah, it you has no power manage. to transform that. Right. And so I, you know, there's maybe a bad analogy, and we'll get to a, a tree fruit passage. Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit like, you know, trying to, you know, let's say you have an apple tree, and it's a little bit like trying to decorate one of those apples that's hanging like it's something different, such as an orange. And mm -hmm. so you work really hard to try to mm -hmm. put all to these things, orange, paint it right. orange, and know that it looks like an orange, and use whatever you can. The problem is, is that it hasn't changed anything. Mm -hmm. There's no change on the from the inside out, right. and so you've managed something really hard externally. Right. That's why he says it's a it's an appearance of wisdom. Yeah, but right. it doesn't have any power right. to uh, old word mortify the flesh or to kill the sinful nature. It really doesn't do that. Right, and so therefore it doesn't have any power to bring transformation. Yeah, and that's the thing is I can't just decide to be. I don't have the power. Okay, today I'm going to try really hard and I'm going to be more like Christ, <laughs> right? And I don't I mean trying really hard at something isn't necessary. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's just not going to work, though. You just can't you, make your heart pure. You can't. And then if you could, Jesus doesn't have to die and rise from the dead to, to you know pay for our sin and offer us new life. He could just say, hey, try harder. You can do it. You know, it's, that's it's not interesting how it works. because I, I think that's true. And once we talk about it, I think people see, well, oh, well, yeah, I, I believe that. But I think left to our own natural impulses, I don't know if we function like we believe that. Right. I mean, here's, the, here's what I do I will use all sorts of spiritual practices to work really hard at being more patient and loving. Yeah. And, this, and now I just got to just uh, use all my willpower. I'm going to be patient. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. You know what I usually right. fail at that day? Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's it's interesting because spiritual practices is is one of the margin tools yeah. if we are having our desires formed mm -hmm. by them. Mm -hmm. we, you know, we talked about digital lit liturgy with, you know, the margin of technology, mm -hmm. um, that things are forming us. And so if our spiritual practices are forming our hearts into Christ-likeness, in other words... If the gospel is transforming our hearts, then that's good. If the spiritual practice becomes the stay on the sidewalk thing, that I got to do this thing or I'm going to succumb to temptation today, then it is sort of fake because you actually can't even, you can't by willpower make yourself more patient. You can, by willpower, grit your teeth and not say the impatient thing, but your heart, your heart. Man, you oh, that's are, good. I mean, that's you good. are not patient in your... I mean, that's me. I, I can... I'll be in line, and you'll never know I'm impatient, <laughs> but in my mind, I'm going, what are you doing? But you're shaking like, inside. Get your money out. Like, <laughs> do, were you surprised you were going to have to pay? Like, I mean, I don't say any of that. I don't yeah. look upset and people think I look nice on the outside. But on the inside, I'm going like, huh. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, this is how it works. Like, five people before you have their credit card out to pay 
Um, right. Like, why are you like now looking through your purse? Is this a surprise? <laughs> Okay, I'm not a good person. I'm just. We can. We can. And it might can be a man. That up, it might be a man purse. It might a be a man purse. It could be a, a, a guy. Purse. It could be it's, whatever. Oh, it's, it's it's the it's the person at the light. It's the person. Uh, and I do think we give ourselves license to say something about the driver when we're alone in the car. Right. You know, the other driver. <laughs> when our inside voice just <laughs> comes out. <laughs> when our inside voice comes out. And that so that's and that's really what the gospel is concerned about is what is really going on in my heart. Well, see, and that's where I think so I'm with you. Classical or classic spiritual disciplines are crucial for spiritual formation, mm. but they are not equal to spiritual right. formation. That's right. Like just because I read my Bible yes. doesn't make me a more loving person. No. It's supposed to give me in the in the garden, so to speak, yeah. of where the sunshine and the rain falls and yeah. oh, there's less and weeds. Part of and... which that is you have part of which your spiritual habits must hit you over the head with, oh crap, I'm not a very loving yes. person. Yes. Right. It's supposed to confront me. And if it's not doing that, I'm probably not growing more loving. Right. Like how would I be? Right. Um, and so in a sense, the gospel is the margin against sin and temptation spiritual habits can lead us in that direction, or they can be the rule that we make, the pharisaical rule that, and you know, I, I'm conflicted. People say, you know, I didn't, I really didn't have my devotional time today, and so my, I had a bad day. Well. Yeah, all sorts I, of numbers on the Enneagram went through my mind. I'm yeah, like, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you set up your own standard and didn't meet it, and then you're t- tormented. All the time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't think God works that way. Yeah. That makes almost makes God into some scorekeeper. It feels like karma. It uh, it feels like karma. It feels like I'm earning something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, where I think you should have your devotional time, your time in the Word, so that He can form you into Christ likeness. Yeah. And you might have still have a bad day. Yeah. You know, you're you, you didn't get a flat tire because you didn't read your Bible this morning. Or did you? Or did you? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so let me let me say this. Now, if I'm jumping the gun, we can come back to it. I I also think it's interesting when we're talking about margin and temptation and sin that there is this psychological thing that happens, and and, and it's you see it here in Colossians when the people are telling the Colossian church. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. It seems like there's a lot of emotional force behind this, and it's it's only a prohibition, right. and it's the negator. Like, right. don't do this, Harsh don't do that, body, don't do right. this, don't do that. And I wonder if sometimes our struggle with sin and temptation is because we've given it so much focus, even in the negative. Like you wake up and think, oh, I can't do I can't do that today. So I start to pray against that yeah. and pray that I won't be like that. Well, I would argue you're going to do that today yeah. because what you just did is you moved it to the forefront of your mind. Mm-hmm. And even though you're thinking about it in a negative way, right. you're still focusing on it and giving it enlargement. Right. And so I wonder if sometimes it's yeah. not about, oh, I just can't sin. Mm-hmm. Because right. you're 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 probably yeah. going to walk that way that right. that day. Yeah, I think there's something. I think that's there's a lot there because I do feel like yeah, the Christian life is more than avoiding sin. Yes, it's not less than that. I mean, that's a good thing. But if I make the Christian life avoiding sin, I, I a 
miss the whole point of the Christian life, <laughs> yeah. and B... That you've been completely cleansed and forgiven of all your sins. Yes, and, and that I have a mission, that I'm here for a purpose, that He's going to use me for His kingdom and His... Like, all of that stuff is, you know, that I'm an ambassador, that all of that, like, you know, that's really, you know, what my calling is. Yeah. So I'm going to miss the whole point of why I'm here. I miss the whole point of the gospel and I'm going to sin anyway. You're going to sin anyways. Like and... it's, 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 it's self-defeating. So then, and then let me just complete this thought, because this is what I think we do with it. We do one of two things with that. If I've set that up, yeah. then I'm either going to lie about the fact that I've sinned and say, no, I didn't sin, I'm fine, because I've set it up as the thing you can't do if you're a real Christian, or I just plunge into shame. Mm-hmm. And I'm a failed Christian, and that there's no there's no way to get... I mean, you plunge into shame, you're going to sin more, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it becomes this weird... Like, I think the Pharisees thought they they didn't sin. Yeah. I think they, they, they literally thought that. And the people who came to Jesus, one of their advantages in responding to the gospel is they were under no illusions about... No, I'm a sinner. Yeah, they couldn't keep their life yeah, together. I'm a they couldn't not sin. Right. They they I'm knew a it. Yeah. In other words, they were right and the yeah. Pharisees were wrong about that. So I do think that we set this up as the point of my Christian life is not to sin when the point is to love God. The point is to enjoy yeah. his presence. The right. point is to love his community and to be used by him. Avoiding sin, of course, is part well, of that whole package. I, I would, I would argue. I think you're right. I would argue this, and there's a lot of passion. I think from both of us around this. You're, it's an extremely flawed starting point yeah. to say life is about not doing that. Yes, right. It's, it's just going to lead to misery. Of, don't think and, about the blue horse. Yeah, don't think yeah. about the blue horse. You're done, right. and you're going to end up really defeated. And I, so I don't think you can. Um, I don't think you can start there. What I think we're saying is this, is if you, in one sense, live larger, live on purpose, live on mission, mm-hmm. like there's a kingdom to advance, I have a gift to play and I have a role to play, and the more I step into that, I think you will find the more margin actually is a byproduct right. to temptation and sin. Right, because my heart is pointed in another direction. Yeah. Right? Let me, let me uh, use the uh, Matthew 7, Matthew 12... Um, where Jesus uses, and I, you know, it's, it, it appears, I think, in Luke and other Gospels as well. Um, in Matthew 7, 17 through 19, he says, Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Uh, Matthew 12, 33, 34, Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Hmm. So in both of those cases, and this is, I think, Jesus is talking about the tree. Mm -hmm. Like, what kind of tree is this? And you can tell what kind of tree is by the fruit, where we kind of say, don't produce bad fruit. Yeah. Where that's not going to work, yeah. uh, and we can't, tr- you know, the apple tree can't make itself an orange tree, mm-hmm. or the thorn bush can't make itself an apple tree by the by sheer sense of will or by 
you know, wise precepts. You can't or by... duct tape fruit onto the tree. Right. Right. You I'll can't. just I'll just I'll just duct tape some good fruit on here. Right. Right. And so I think that's the so then the question becomes how do I become a good tree? Mm. Or how how am I transformed? How do I become uh, someone who is bearing? Because it you know what is in my heart is what comes out. Mm-hmm. And that's what he. That's why he says that you know what is in your heart is what coming out. So my heart has to change. It's like me standing in line. I cannot say the things that I'm thinking, but that doesn't mean they're good things. And my heart's still the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only the only way that happens is is the gospel transforms me. The Holy Spirit transforms me. I'm being formed into the image of Christ likeness, and then I'm th- I'm heading in the direction of uh, the good fruit of service and prayer and community and love and compassion, and my heart is being formed more and more in that. And so then I'm not focus so much on avoiding the bad fruit because that's just a losing strategy right it's not i'm not saying don't avoid bad fruit but if that's your strategy it's a that's your stance in life it's going to be very painful it is and and you're gonna you're gonna end up probably um giving into the bad fruit so to speak more and more and more and more and more because you're folk you're focused and you're all all your focus i was thinking about this the other day like jesus is a different convo but i feel like it fits jesus conversation about anxiety in Matthew 6. He says, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. So he gives you these prohibitions like, hey, don't worry, don't worry. But then his answer of that is not even to necessarily pray about it. It's to go meditate on creation. Mm -hmm. Like, look at the birds, Mm -hmm. consider the lilies. Mm -hmm. Like, it's live for something larger than this, and you're a part of a bigger story. It's almost, and I don't use this, I'm not using it cheaply, but it's the positive over the negative. Mm-hmm. It's like outlive right. this thing. Right. Don't just sit there and anxiously right. pray about being anxious. Right. <laughs> you just gave it so right. much more momentum. Yeah. So instead, if you f- if you focus and ask God to give you increased faith in the direction of, and you trying to live in the direction of God loves me more than I can fathom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if a sparrow falls in a field, he knows that he's counted the hairs on my head that, or God loves my children more than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can, I can, part of my anxiety dissipates because it's being replaced by something, this knowledge, thank you, Lord, that you are taking care of this, yep. that I can trust you, that you are moving instead of, um, you know, I'm trying not to be anxious thinking about, well, you just, that's not, I mean, think about that. Right. I'm trying not to be anxious thinking about, <clears throat> you know, my company is going under turmoil and I might lose my job or get reassigned or I'm trying not to be anxious thinking about that. Well, you're, go- I mean, you're going to be, that's a f- formula for anxiety. Yeah. So now that is we're, re- we're repeating what we're saying, but it's, you know, you don't get margin from your struggles by focusing more on your struggles. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to work really hard on not being anxious. Yes. So. Yeah. And so then, um, you know, how do we move in the direction of form, you know, formation of, and I think part of that is really paying attention to our heart. In Psalm 139, you know, David says some things that are sort of interesting, like, search me and know me, 
you know, know my hidden ways. Uh, he's, and he says, you know, where can I go? I think it's the same song. Where can I go? Like, I can't hide from you. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting, like, what is David really saying? I mean, his, his theology is good enough to know that God already knows all of that. So what does that really mean? And it feels like it means don't let me lose what's really going on in my heart. and Let me bring that to you. Mm-hmm. Let me be aware that you see all of that and you can apply grace and forgiveness to it. And I'm not hiding it from you. Because I think what we do, that what, what we often do is hide. Mm. We're not honest with ourselves about... Um, you know, if if I'm using the standing in line and patience uh, example, because that's really the only sin I have. <laughs> Speaking of lying. Yeah. And so if somebody would, you know, transcribe my thoughts and then play them back to me later, I would think, oh, that's pretty horrible. Mm. What a jerk. Mm-hmm. And I would be right. Yeah. <laughs> but in the moment, I don't feel that at all. Uh, and as long as there's not some sort of public sanction to it, uh, it's sort of enjoyable. I mean, it. I mean, how else are you going to pass the time in the line? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you already got margin from technology, like That's we talked right. about. So how else are you going to pass right. it? <laughs> That's right. So, and so, we're, I'm not honest with what's really going on in my heart, and therefore, I'm not really. I'm not really, my belief in God's grace for me is diminished mm-hmm. by the fact that I'm artificially restricting in my mind my need for grace rather than saying, yeah, that's sort of a, that's sort of a crappy thing to be thinking about somebody well, else. Well, I think the moment you're, a, so what you're also saying is when you're on autopilot, that impatient voice comes out and you're not necessarily aware of, I'm man, I'm acting patient, but I'm being super impatient in my heart right now. So the awareness of it, oh, this that almost automatically gets you in tune for your need for grace. Yes. Dissipates the impatience, because this is me being impatient. Yes. And I need grace, and I can't fix it on my own. Yeah. So part of what we're saying is, yeah, you're just, you're trying to grow more in honest, as you're saying, but also aware of, let me be honest about what's really going on right now right. internally. Right. And I think that's the sense of temptation gets us when we're dishonest about our own sin and our own temptation. And I think it's super easy to get into these patterns where I'm just so used to that sin in my life. Yeah. I don't even, I don't feel bad because I don't even think about it as sin. I just think about, I don't think about it at all. Yeah. And as an example, occurs to me... um, Not another one of your sin. (laughs) Yes, actually. So it's my second sin. Is it double impatience? (laughs) Um, Well, like, okay, so we go to Africa and your sleep is all messed up. And so part part of the, you know, part of what I've learned of doing that is don't freak out that the you're not going to sleep through the night. So don't get all worried about it. Right. Like don't wake up at one in the morning and think, oh no, I'm going to be up all night. I'm going to be tired tomorrow. Whatever. You just, you know, whatever. At some point that you're going to wake up, <laughs> it'd be surprising if you didn't. So, okay, maybe I'll use this time to pray, mm-hmm. to pray about what's happening here, to pray about the mission. 
And I'm not doing that to avoid the anxiety, mm-hmm. but of course I'm not, I'm not anxious necessarily mm-hmm. when I'm doing that. Uh, or to read something or, or something that's, I'm using, I'm saying, oh, I have an opportunity to, to pray, to read, to think, to write. I actually wrote some stuff. Uh, you know, last time I was in Africa, I wrote a couple things. Because I'm, 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 you wake up wide awake. That's oh, yeah. Thing. It's not oh, like yeah. you wake up. For like up, three hours. You wake up wide awake. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm awesome. That's been established. Yes. Okay, when I wake up in the middle of the night now, oh. I'm anxious. I mean, that's why I woke up and I'm thinking about something that's and now I'm puzzling about it. That's and then, good. you know, I watch an episode of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee just to take my mind off it so I can go back to sleep. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah. You know, in the one case, I think I was forced to sort of be honest. And in the other case, I'm just not thinking about it. Yeah. Do you think it has to do with, like, this is a focused, I'm on mission, this is yeah. the thing. And it's maybe, a special time. Right, and it's normal a different time. everyday life, it's hard sometimes mm-hmm. to keep that sense of mission. Yeah, I, th- I think that's totally right, that, okay, I'm in this situation, how am I going to handle it is something that naturally comes to your mind and you're on a mission trip. I'm in this situation, how I'm going to handle it doesn't come to my mind Yeah, in, in regular life. And in a sense, that's, I think, part of the search me and know me what are all the things I'm not being honest with myself about? What are all the things that I therefore don't have the, I don't, I'm not opening the door to God's grace, to to the gospel, to transformation, because I'm just trying to manage it. So it's almost as if to circle, to full circle back, you're not necessarily freaking out that there's a pond there with some ice on it. Right. And that something could go wrong. You're out living it. Yeah. So much so right. that you're just in on the right. walk, enjoying it, and right. you're and going. focused on where I'm going. Yes. So the pond is there, but not that relevant. It's there, and oh, it's out of the corner of my eye, but right. it's it's not my yeah. main focus. Right. right. And I think that's one of the ways in which I think we subject ourselves to temptation is not living on mission does it, you know, if I'm living on mission, part of that is displaced by something else. And if I'm not displacing it by something else, then I, there's just more room to be distracted by the pond. I just think, honestly, this is, this is so rich. I didn't know this early on and I'm 40 and my, I would have said my main goal and my main understanding of the Christian life would have been to not sin because mm-hmm. sin hurts God and sin mm-hmm. hurts right. me and hurts others. Sin's and bad. No way it, Yeah, it, for right. sure. But I don't know what it would have been like for me to understand, no, you need to outlive it. And mm-hmm. so then if you think about this, then there's a ton of margin there. Yes. Because you're not, you're like, no, I actually, like you're talking about our desires are being formed to enjoy the mission and engagement more. Mm-hmm. Like this is actually what I want. This yeah. brings me more right. joy and peace of mind. And I love doing this. It's mm-hmm. risky and it's whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And therefore there's a natural ton of margin between mm-hmm. me and that over there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this might be wrong, but I'll say it anyway. Um, I, you know, part of me thinks that's kind of what Luther Luther famously said to Melanchthon his protege: "Sin boldly." Mm-hmm. And you know, there's been a lot of ink spilled about what he meant by that. But I think, in a sense, he meant this: he meant live boldly, mm-hmm. live on mission. You're going to sin. You're going to sin, but don't be so focused on not sinning that you forget to live. Right. And so you're going to, if you're living boldly, you're going to sin boldly. There's grace for that. 
Yeah. It's not like you should try to sin, but instead of being passive and timid and scared, because yes. then you're not going to live boldly and you're not going to avoid sin anyway. That's true. Please don't be obsessed with your shortcomings. Yes. Like, get on mission. You'll have some shortcomings. You'll fail. Grace already caught you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's there before you even fell. Right. right. And you can move forward. You can forward. be honest about it right. because there's grace. You're cleansed, you don't have to lie to forward. yourself. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, and move forward. So, um, yeah, I think that is helpful. I think, um, so for me, what does it look like for me to live on mission? What does mm-hmm. faithfulness look like? What is the, the destination on the sidewalk supposed to be so I can focus on that? And that, to me, is the biggest margin against all other sorts of distractions, you know, all sorts of sins, uh, whatever Temptation Island looks like. Whatever your Temptation <laughs> Island, it may be kale. It may just be kale. <laughs> right. It might be kale. Dripped in bacon grease. <laughs> With chocolate. With chocolate. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, episode 41, coming yeah. to a close. RTT. RTT. Um it's been uh, it's a great discussion. Uh, I have to think about, you know, what does this mean for tomorrow moving forward? Yep. And that's the question I have for myself. So uh, with that, in God's grace, uh, him knowing our hearts, uh, us resting in him, uh, have a great week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.